Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. And I've entitled uh, this message, Authority in the Name. Authority in the Name. Don't you hate it when you can't remember somebody's name? Uh, I find uh, that happens to me a lot. I couldn't remember, uh, I was talking with somebody about a movie, and I couldn't remember the actor's name, and I just saw the movie yesterday, and uh, I'm thinking, what is that person's name? And sometimes I'll go through the alphabet. I don't know, what do you do when uh, you can't remember somebody's name? I start with A, and I'll go, okay, A-E-I-O-U, and then I'll go B, 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 you know, and then C and D and all the way through the alphabet. It never works. I, I have not once remembered somebody's name by doing the alphabet trick. It just doesn't work. And so what I will then do is I will ring a friend. And I'll, my friend's usually Gail. Can you tell me, you know, that person? And then I'll describe the person. And uh, sometimes I have to get into detail about the person. And she says, that's not very nice. I said, what? what am I supposed to say? I'm trying to remember their name, and this is the person I'm describing. What is their name? As soon as she says it, I go, wow, why couldn't I remember that? There is a name, Jesus, that we all know we don't forget his name, but in many respects, we don't really understand why it is that that name is so special. Like I said, there's probably at least a million Jesuses or Jesuses or Yeshua's walking around on the planet because the parents thought it was cool to name the kid that. Uh, however, that's uh, not the power in that name is something that we, 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 we must remember and get it into us. My, my goal tonight is not information. It's not even ins- inspiration. I believe that we just sang that song, Beautiful Name, And I was inspired by that. I think that's very inspiring to sing about what a beautiful name uh, it is, the name of Jesus. However, there is something further than information or inspiration when it comes to the name of Jesus, and that's transformation. to, To be transformed or to have your situation transformed because of the power that's in that name, not just knowing that name. And so if we're going to draw a blank, we don't want to draw a blank with that name, especially when we need to use that name because we need authority and we need to call upon that name with power. And we're going to look at that tonight. So there is a name. And in Philippians 2, uh, we're going to look at this uh, 8 to 11. Got a few scriptures, but not going to overwhelm you with this. But Philippians 2 verses 8 to 11 says this, talking about Jesus. Excuse me. And being found in appearance as a man. I like that. And he's God. But he took on appearance as a man. 100% humanity, 100% deity, 100% God, 100% man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. Even death on a cross. Therefore... God exalted him to the highest place and gave him, listen to this, the name that is above every name. Isn't that amazing? That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, 
under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That name is above every name, and yet it's not just knowing that name. It's not just yelling that name out as, uh, if you've named your kid that. You know, Jesus, where are you? Come in for dinner, Jesus. It's not just that name, but it's, we're going to see that it's that name and faith in that name. We're going to look at that. But that name is powerful. Now, that name is above every other name because there is a word that's above other words. Let me explain. Your name right now is as good as your word. And you will tarnish your name as life goes on, or you will become greatly esteemed as life goes on. I could name you right now famous people that uh, their name when they were born or first named that. They were probably, you know, they had even running just like all of us. Uh, and, and then they either became known for greatness or they became known as dictators, mass killers, uh, you name it. There's a lot of names like that. I'm not going to mention any of them. Uh, but, but your name is as good as your word. Your name is as good as you are. And so if you're no good, guess what? Your, your name becomes no good. If you're weak and useless and uh, can never make up your mind and you never make a decision, you don't do anything with your life, then your name becomes kind of synonymous with your character and, and, uh, and what you do. Not that your name is the only person named with that. I Google and, you know, there's some other people named Ed Luther even. There's a quarterback in San Diego. He was the backup quarterback for the San Diego Chargers when I lived there, and they thought that I was him. I'd go in with my credit card to buy something. Same age, same city, not a common name, let's face it. This is before the Internet and Google. And they'd go, oh, the quarterback for the charges. I got so sick of that. But people did treat me better at uh, restaurants and buying clothing. They treated me with respect. Uh, got me in a little bit of trouble because girls thought I was him. I said, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, yeah, sure, as if anybody else has that name. And, uh, you know, I was fairly buffed and all the rest of it at the time, young, young dude. So it's kind of could have got away with that, could have used that. I didn't. My, my, my friends said, hey, man, like, Use it. In fact, they'd be introducing me to people, girls, and uh, it'd be like, yes, it's really him. Show him your driver's license. Ah, man, I'm not him. I'm a Christian now. I don't do that. And, but, you know, my name was only as good as my character. Other people have your name, but only you have the name that represents you. When people talk about you, they're talking about the kind of person that you are. There is a name that's above every other name. Your word, your name, and your word, your name, and your word, they are synonymous. Your name is as good as your word, and your word is as good as your name. Now the key to, there's no pun intended in this, but the key to authority is like a key. And this name is what I would call the ambassador's name. You are a high, the highest ranking diplomat, I've talked about this before, uh, of the highest kingdom ever, the kingdom of heaven. You are a representative of Almighty God. That should cause your walk to be different. That should cause you to pull your shoulders back and go, well, you know, if I represent heaven and I'm an ambassador for Christ, guess what? My behavior, my word, everything about me is, says something about him. 
Therefore, I can't live my life independent of him and, and play the fool. If I'm an ambassador for Christ, I represent him. We all know, we all know that there are enough hypocrites in the world. We don't need any more, do we? And so we don't need to live like a hypocrite. There's no room for hypocrisy. If you're an ambassador for Christ, live like an ambassador for Christ. And as an ambassador, God trusts you and he gives you the key. And the key is the name of Jesus. It's the key to unlock Father's house. It's the key to unlock heaven, the windows of heaven. When I uh, grew up, I reached a certain point, my dad handed me the keys to the car, and he said, now go wash it. <laughs> and uh, when, I, when I got to a certain age, I got the key to the house. And, and uh, mom and dad said, go out. You know, if you're coming in late, we're going to be in bed. We don't want to be woken up, so here's the key, which meant I can get into that house now. I have the authority to unlock the front door and walk into that house. I was entrusted with that key. The, the name of Jesus is the ambassador's key. God gave you a key because you are his. It's the key to prayer. It opens the windows of heaven, like I said. It unlocks the promises of God. It backs the Word of God. It is backed with the Word of God, and it is backed with the very life of the Son of God. Now, listen to John 16, 23, and what Jesus says. In John 16, 23 and 24, it says this. Jesus says this. In that day, now Jesus is talking about the day where he's going to go to the cross, he's going to die, and he's going to be raised from the dead. So a new and better covenant is going to happen. But before this, he's talking about something that hasn't unfolded yet. So in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Oh, this is good. Very truly. Now, he didn't have to say that because everything he says is true. So when he says, verily, verily, or uh, truly, I say to you, he's emphasizing a point. In that day, this is amazing. You guys, you disciples, you're not going to believe that this is possible. But in that day, I'm not going to be here. He didn't expound on it, but I'm going to be at the right hand of the Father on high. I'm not going to be walking with you guys anymore. Uh, right now, you know, if they wanted a miracle, hey, Jesus, you know, a girl needs healing. Hey, Jesus, cast the devil out. Hey, hey, Jesus, raise the dead. Hey, Jesus, walk out of water. Hey, Jesus. We need some food. Multiply some fish. Multiply some loaves. Hey, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Everybody's got Jesus with them. And so they're asking Jesus for everything. And now he's talking about a day where he says these amazing words to them. In that day, I'm going away, you will no longer ask me anything. I hear people today begging Jesus to do something. No. He's seated. He's at the right hand of the Father. You don't ask him for anything. We'll get to this. Why? In that day, you no longer ask me for anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Now, there's a shift there, and there's a big difference. We have the authority now, we have the right, we have the ambassador's key, if you will, to go directly to the Father and ask the Father for anything in the name of Jesus. Jesus is the key. 
Now, I want you for a moment to picture uh, kind of a scenario here. and it, it really is scriptural because Jesus is called an advocate. He's also called an umpire. That word advocate means umpire. He is called uh, like a, a, an attorney. He is, he is your attorney. He is your personal rights to the Father and to the power of heaven. That's why there's no other name. That's the authority that we have in Jesus. You've got the Holy Spirit with you. God in the earth right now is the Holy Spirit who is in you. I hope that you get a hold of that. He is called the comforter. He is called the helper. He is called many, many different things. When the comforter comes, Jesus says, it's, he said, it's better for you that I go away. If I don't go away, the comforter isn't going to come. So God's spirit in the earth, in you, God's son seated because he did his job. He paved the way. He made the way. He paid the price. God the Father on the throne in heaven, ruling the, uh, the whole thing. All are one, but they all have uh, three personalities, and they also have three different uh, functions, if you will, in our lives. And so the Holy Spirit is, is in you in any situation. Now think about the situations that you might have in life. Somebody needs a miracle. When? I don't know. I could walk out of here today and it could be a phone call or a situation uh, driving past. I've been uh, in situations where there's a car wreck or something. You stop the car. You got to pray. I've prayed for people and so probably you have too. You don't know when you're going to need some power beyond yourself. You don't know when something's going to happen that you can't control, that you just need to call on somebody that's bigger than you, and you need access to a name that's above the name of the, uh, of the police or the ambulance or doctor or the government or whatever. You don't know when that's going to happen. None of us do. But when you're in that situation, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will start to guide you. He's called the guide, teacher, Comforter, again, like I said, he'll start to prompt you on how to pray. He makes intercession for you, and he gives you the unction and the ability to pray when you don't know how to pray in situations like that. But then he beckons you, now use the name of Jesus. You're not praying to Jesus. You're praying to the Father. But know this, that you've got somebody next to the Father that's on your side that declares you not guilty. So as you're praying... Uh, there's a condemner there, and thoughts are going to bombard you. Oh, you know, you sinned today. You weren't perfect today. You did this. You're guilty. You can't pray like that. I remember a time when I was working in Tulsa, uh, going to Bible college, and one of the jobs that I had, I worked a couple jobs there, but one of them was carrying suitcases at the Camelot Hotel in, in Tulsa. And I got really, you know, quite became quite good friends with my boss. Uh, he was the bell captain. Bob Hepler was his name. And, uh, you know, Bob and I became really good friends. And, and as you do with good friends, you know, when you're really good friends with somebody, you know, we would say, here, you can take the mickey out of them or uh, whatever. I don't know. But you, you begin to say things that you don't really mean. And, and there was a big conference there. And, it, and I remember all these people would come into Tulsa and the whole parking lot was full of, of caravan, big motorhomes. And uh, anyway, some of the people came up and uh, they were looking at the, the bell stand. We had pamphlets and things about what you can do in Tulsa, you know, what there is to see and all that kind of stuff. 
And, and, uh, and this particular conference was a particular denomination. I'll just put it that way. And uh, so all these people were part of this particular Christian denomination. And I remember that Bob's daughter uh, had become part of that denomination. And so I started, you know, getting little horns. You know, the devil gets you to say things. So I said to Bob, knowing that his daughter was part of this, this denomination, I said, oh, this, these people are like your daughter. Because some of them were pretty weird, I'll be honest with you. And so, yeah, your daughter would fit in really good here, wouldn't she? And, you know, he's like, oh, stop it and all that. Anyway, this young boy was standing there in dummy here. His mouth just flapped, didn't it? It just kept going, not realizing that this boy was standing there. And, and I remember <laughs> uh, when, when Bob got real quiet, uh, I thought, I better look at why is Bob so quiet because he's not dishing it back. And I looked, and there's this, this, this young boy, probably would have been about 10 years old, and he heard what I was saying about his denomination, which he was very proud of, and he turned and he walked away. And I went, oh, no, what have I done? I didn't mean it. I was just having fun with Bob, and the little boy was listening. Well, I don't know. I don't know how long it was. Maybe half an hour went by or something like that. And somebody comes running into the foyer of the hotel, and they go, quick, quick, somebody call an ambulance. Quick. There's a man out in the car park in this big caravan having a, a mass heart, having a heart attack. And uh, so I thought, well, I'm going to go out. You guys call the ambulance, but Faith Man is going to go out and pray for this guy. And so I ran out through the foyer, out into the car park. Uh, I could see a bunch of people by the, the, the door of this big motorhome. And uh, so I ran over there to pray the prayer of faith. And I looked, and here's this 10-year-old boy, and it was his dad. And his dad was having a massive heart attack, found out later. And I looked at him, and I couldn't say anything. He was sobbing, and, and I'm the guy that was just, you know, tearing shreds off of the denomination. And I looked at him, and I thought, oh, man. So guilt started coming in, shame. You can't pray. I said, okay, let me pray. Please get out of the way. I'm just going to go pray. And I said to the, the boy, I said, your, your, your dad's going to live and not die. And man, did I get hammered with guilt. But I got up. I, the guy was hunched over the steering wheel in the motorhome, and he's like groaning, like in pain and everything, and uh, prayed for him and did everything I could. I walked back out past the boy, and uh, I felt like, honestly, I felt so bad. But I remembered there's something about that name that when you've messed up, you see, going to that name is not going with your track record. It's not going perfect. It's going knowing that he has forgiven you, and he's on your side. And I prayed, man, I prayed, forgive me, dear God, forgive me. Uh, uh, when am I going to learn about sarcasm and foolish jesting, gender strife? And when am I going to learn about the power of the tongue? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. When am I going to learn this stuff, God? Help me, but I, I ask your forgiveness now. And uh, anyway, we got word back from the hospital. The guy made a full recovery. Everything was good. You know, I was so, so 
happy. But I was so, so happy that I had an advocate or an umpire, if you will, somebody at the right hand of the Father that knows that I'm just a human being, that knows that I'm just flesh, that knows and declares me not guilty and that is on my side. And so do you. In any situation that you might be in, you've got to realize that God is on your side. Jesus paid the price for that. Now, in that day, he says, you will ask uh, Whatever you ask in my name, until now you've asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive. Now that word ask, this is interesting, because the word ask in the Greek language means to demand. Now I know this is going to get, you can think, oh, you would demand God? Listen, Strong's Concordance, page 63, says this, to demand something due. So the Greek interpretation of that is this, whatever you shall demand as your rights and privileges, your father will give you. When God says, ask, I want you to ask. I want you to demand your rights and privileges in the face of your accuser. Because just like there's a defense attorney, there's also a prosecuting attorney that wants you nailed. He wants you going straight to hell. He is not on your side. He is called the accuser of the brethren. He is there to get in your ear and to convince you that you can't ask God for that. Your track record's not good enough. There's no way that you could go uh, to the Father directly. You've got, you've got to beg. When we understand that we are demanding in a way, not demanding God do something God doesn't want to do, but honoring God's request that God wants us to ask with that kind of an attitude that I know my advocate, I know my rights and privileges because I've read my word and I'm not doing something that God doesn't want to do. I'm pushing past with that name. I am asking whatever you shall demand or ask as the will of God, as your rights and privileges, your father shall give to you. Now the Bible uh, is real clear on this. I see people Seriously begging God. Instead of asking, there's no boldness because they don't know about their rights and privileges in the name Jesus. When we're talking about equipping, there's no point in going into techniques on how to lead somebody to the Lord or some you know, kind of a, a formulas or so, something like that. It's, it's really about knowing what God has set, said about you, knowing what your rights and your privileges are, knowing that you've got the ability, he says, to come boldly before the a throne of grace in time of need, not in time when, you're, when your track record says that you're a really good person, you didn't sin today or whatever. Stop, stop begging and start asking. Start demanding your rights and privileges and get in there and and get with your advocate and get with your defense attorney who's on your side and the judge who's your father and he's declared you not guilty. You've got a clear way to the throne of heaven through the name of Jesus. Now listen to this because we're going to, I'm just going to give you something that's very, very real clear and a great example of this in Acts chapter 3. We're going to read 1 to 11 here. It says, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, three in the afternoon. And a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate, called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg, got that? To beg from those going into the temple courts. 
when, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. And so the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. What? He was looking for money, of course. Then Peter said, silver, gold, I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. Listen to this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk, and then he went with them to the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Isn't that amazing? When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit and beg at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Now, in Acts chapter 3, and I would make a, a, a memorization of this, you know, John 3, 16. This is Acts chapter 3, verse 16. Great one to put to memory. So, so they're, they're asking him, how did this happen? They're demanding. He's called, they're called before the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, and they want to know, what did you do? And here's the answer, listen to this, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. How did it happen? By faith in the name of Jesus, not just parroting a name. It's not going to do you any good. Just go, name of Jesus, name of Jesus. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that has come through him that has completely healed him. Acts 4.10, listen to this. Then know this. Peter, again, he's preaching. He's got to preach on. He is he is, he is moved into a high gear. He says, know this, you and all these people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that name, who you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's pretty clear that it's that name and faith in that name. Faith in what? Faith that he paid the price. Faith that he legally bought and paid for your privilege and, and your power and the key, if you will, for you as an ambassador for his to go about doing the stuff that he did. You have that authority. You've got to use it. Acts chapter 4, 16 to 20. We're, gonna, we're getting ready to close in a moment here. We'll probably sing that name uh, one more time, however. 4.16, listen to this. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed an, uh, a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. This is the religious people. Now they're threatened, verse 17. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them. Here's what they told them. This is what the, what the religious people, the devil, wants to stop. Listen to this. We must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in that name. Oh, the devil hates it. 
He hates it when a believer gets a hold of the keys. He hates it when you know your authority in him. He hates it when not that you just know that name and sing about it. He hates it when you've got faith in that name and you know the power that is in that name. And, and we, that we, they warned them, speak no longer to anyone in this name. Verse 18, when they called them again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in the eyes of God, to listen to you or him? <laughs> you being the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Oh, don't you just love that? So God did extraordinary uh, miracles. We're going to wrap it up in verse, uh, chapter 19, verse 11. I get the band to come back up, thanks. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured. The evil spirits left them. Some Jews went around driving out evil spirits and tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus <laughs> over who these demons were possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And we're going to get into that later, these seven sons of Sceva. It's a whole other story. When I use the name, I'm going to wrap this up with this. When I use the name, I ascribe my need to his provision. When you use the name of Jesus on behalf of other people that have a need, and it's not just healing, it's for everything that needs saving. You ascribe your need to the provision of Jesus. When you use the name of Jesus, you let the enemy know who paid the bill. I didn't pay the bill. So it's not based on my track record, devil. So you might as well, you're just wasting your time reminding me about how imperfect I am, how I messed up, how I'm a sinner, how I don't measure up, how, whatever, I didn't read enough of my Bible today, or whatever, whatever, whatever. I am letting the devil know. You need to let the devil know who paid the bill. Who was it that paid the bill? It was Jesus. That's why you use the name Jesus. He paid the bill complete, full, it paid in full. There's only one name, one person who was worthy to pay the full price for all of humanity. And that's why that name is above every name. That's why at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow and every tongue has to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The coronavirus has a name. It's not above that name. Depression has a name, but it's not above that name. Sickness has a name. It's not above that name. It has to bow its knee. Poverty has a name. You might be struggling financially right now, but that name, poverty, has to bow its knee to the greater one that lives in thee. Take the key and open the door. Amen. 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 I want us to stand right now. I couldn't give you any better equipment. I prayed about where we're going to go with this. This is where God wanted to take it. We need to not just not forget that name. Like I said, I forget a lot of names and I go through the alphabet. This name I don't forget, but I need to be not just inspired about it. You need to be not just informed about it. You need to let the world get transformed as you not just remember that name, 
Oh, but as you put faith in that name, you are putting faith in the fact that the Son of God paid the whole price for you and every other damnable thing and damned person out there that needs to be delivered, that needs to be saved from every situation. The name of Jesus is the name above every name. He gets the final word, amen? Well, I want us to sing with transformation power right now. I want you to uh, close your eyes with me. Wherever you're at, you can do this. So if you're watching this online, I'd like you just to, wherever you're at, let's have an intimate moment with him. If you're a believer, I want you to get reinstated in your ambassadorial authority tonight. Tonight's going to be your night to get reinstated Get your passport stamped. Remember who you are, lest you forget. If you've been sleeping a little bit on, uh, on the job, it's okay. Tonight's a wake-up call. Come on. Come on. It was a wake-up call for me, that guy in the caravan. Believe me, I did a lot of repenting on that, on that night. And I, I believe that we need to get stirred up, church. There's a whole world out there. They need people with authority. They need God's ambassadors let loose with the authority of heaven. God needs you, is his arms and his feet and his hands to go out into this world. And so tonight is your night. Let me pray for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you're listening right now, you could be in this room or perhaps watching online. Uh, I want to give you a chance to pray the prayer to ask Jesus Christ into your heart so that you know that you've got an umpire, you've got an advocate, you've got a defense attorney in the courts of heaven that's on your side that declares you not guilty. So if you want to pray this prayer after me right now, say this, say, Dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to be my advocate, to declare me not guilty, to take my sin and my shame on the cross. Jesus, I give you my life right now. Amen. All right, now you are declared not guilty. You are declared set free. And you can walk right now with your shoulders back, your head up high. You are now an ambassador of heaven. That's what it is. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. Amen. Now for all of us in this room and for you watching online right now, I want you to be reinstated, like I said, stirred up. Uh, I'm believing for the power of God from the word that I preached. Uh, wasn't my idea. These scriptures are God's word for you and uh, I want that word faith cometh by hearing and then hearing by the word not faith comes by hearing the word twice it says that for, for a reason it's not just hearing it but you got to hear it first with your ears and then hear it again in your spirit that's what's going to activate something on the inside of you called faith so it's that name with faith in that name that's going to save you as it did that man that was laid at the gate so right now Father, I just thank you for all of us. We grab a hold of the key. I want you to take your hand and, and, and just picture a key in your hand, wherever you're at right now. That key is the name of Jesus. And I want you to go ahead and see yourself unlocking that. I want you to go ahead and see yourself demanding, not demanding God do something he doesn't want to do, but, but demanding that the circumstance bows, that you exercise your rights and your privileges as an ambassador. So you go ahead and you turn that key, and that name is the name that's the key right now. I want you to say this word, Jesus, after me, and mean it. Come on. Jesus! Come on. 
Jesus, turn the key. Come on. I want you to see yourself laying hands on the sick in that name. I want you to see yourself praying for people in that name that need a miracle. You might be here and you need a miracle. You might be watching and you need a miracle. I want you to see yourself using that name. That's the authority that you've got that when you pray, all of heaven is backing that in the name of Jesus. Come on. Amen. We're going to worship God right now with that song. And uh, for you guys watching online, I, I really encourage you to tune in next week. God bless you. Uh, go out in power. Thank you for joining us. We love you. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.